0: G'day, welcome to Radio Notes. Time of record, heading into the last week of Julia Zamiro's Adelaide Cabaret Festival. In the thick of, in numerous parts of the world, Pride Month as well. Which also means Sydney Cabaret season not too far away, with Trevor Ashley as its artistic director, someone who once took to the stage as misunderstanding in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the musical. Our feature guest, recorded in 2017 when I made the 1,000km round trip by bus to Broken Hill, is the then managing director of the hotel featured in the film of that very musical. More on them in a moment. Just quickly wish to share that on my way to an interview with Dan Illick of Rational Fear. You can hear our chat soon on episode 31. I was listening to the latest Willosophy with Will Anderson, speaking with the former Bulldogs, that's a football team, Captain Bob Murphy, about some really interesting stuff. But as I was entering a lift, I paused it and took out my earbuds to not be rude in a confined space. As the lift moved, the tall gent next to me did a polite nod, which I returned. It was not until I saw a snap from the Rock Whiz show as part of the Adelaide Cabaret Festival the following morning that it clicked that it was Bob Murphy, the former Bulldogs captain. I had paused to be polite in my ears before heading into the lift, was right standing next to me in a lift. Ah, life. Anywho, time to have a look in the box. Ready by Montaigne, the latest cut shared off the full-length album out in August called Complex National Tour of Australia from November 2019 with part funds going to Bush Heritage that looks at conserving biodiversity. On the song Ready, they stay in part. To me, the song is about this political moment where humanity is starting to realise how actually cooked this planet is. Warner has word of Xavier Dunn's latest, Good Time. Dunn is one of the members of that supergroup, OK Moon. They state they clicked with their vocal presentation where the friend gave them Bon Iver for Emma Forever Ago. Mannequin Death's God's latest is San Fran, produced by Mark Opidas, who worked with Divinals, Cold Chisel, Akadaka and more. Amazing sounds by two artists, Dan and Elle, as they, and I quote, present... Vicious Punk Rock Attack on Mindless Consumerism, Self-Wealth Obsession and Denial of Social Responsibility. Now, to our feature guest.
1: Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the movie, shot many scenes in a place these days called the Palace Hotel, located in one of the main streets of Broken Hill, Australia, in the outback. Known once more for its mining history, in recent times, glitter and high heels have taken center stage there. An owner of the hotel, Matteo Soloto, painted a mural of Venus on the ceiling, one of many paintings inside the building, giving it a wow factor and unique character. Inside is also the only place, word is, that you can play two-up all year round legally, thanks in small part to another film, Wake in Fright, shot in the town. More on that in future episodes. In 2017, radio notes dropped past the amazing building for a look and to chat with the managing director of the hotel and coordinator of the Broken Heel Festival, Esther Rovere.
0: In the heart of the Palace Hotel here in Broken Hill. To find out about the Broken Hill of the Broken Hill, we'll get to that in just a moment, but also how a hotel in a mining town can have so much glamour and characteristic to it. Esther, welcome to Radio Notes. Hi. A lot to cover with you. Firstly, as the managing director of this wonderful establishment of this hotel, accommodation, two-up even, a performance space for many from drag right through to to local and live bands and in-state bands as well. What was the passion that got you excited about being part of the ownership?
2: Initially it was um, my memory of of the actual building, the physical building. So um, for those who have seen it, it is a bit like a sort of moored cruise ship liner in the desert. It's... uh, It's sort of ground floor and two floors above. It's really quite a monumental building. And then certainly once you come inside and to see all of those um, colourful murals and all of the artefacts, I guess, and little collections uh, from Mario, who was one of the previous owners, that was certainly in my head. It sort of seemed like it was this wonderful uh, forgotten place in time that was sort of still full of um, really wonderful gems.
0: At that point is where you have to decide if you're going to leave it or renovate it. Yep. You went with the leave it
2: Yeah, option. Yeah, we've, we've tried to, I guess, um, be as sympathetic as we could to what has been here. Certainly there are some things that you can't leave. You know, certainly so when we first got in, I guess it was just that uh, spit and polish and big uh, spruce sort of cleaning. Uh, and then we've sort of gone bit by bit from them.
0: In terms of the colourfulness of this, and we're going to get this out of the way now because there is that cultural, Australian cultural significance of this being part of an Australian film that has international regard, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. How much responsibility do you find that as the managing director of a hotel to keep alive?
2: Well, massively, really. I mean, I think it is uh, such an iconic film and certainly the musical has got, uh, still got life, you know, it's still opening internationally now you know it's, I believe it's been sort of staged in 17 countries and 14 languages so you know it's really quite amazing I think probably quite a lot of people from Australia don't even realise that life that it's got but we certainly meet plenty of internationals who are on their Australian journey and, and make sure that they come out here to Broken Hill and come and visit the hotel because they you know they know of it either through the musical or from the movie so you know it's certainly a part of Australia's film history that we're quite proud to be a part of.
0: What's your experience? Of living culture and its importance?
2: I think the city itself is really a part of this great idea of of living culture, and certainly the city has embraced this idea that it is a a living museum. Uh, Certainly, you know, a building like the hotel was certainly a hub for all of the new people that are coming through town, they're either coming to visit or, you know, coming to move here, the sort of arts and events that happen through here, you sort of really never quite know who you're going to bump into in a, in a place like the palace. Mm-hmm. And that's really, I think, part of the appeal. You know, there's so many things to discover and, and, and meeting, meeting real-life people is, you know, one of those wonderful things that you can't sort of ever, you know, replicate.
0: You also have the title of festival director, at least this year, if not in previous years as well, yep. of The Broken Hill, H-E-E-L. It happens in September and it's in line with the movie's release. Yes. Priscilla Queen of the Desert. What are you aiming to achieve over this three-day festival?
2: We're really establishing a new regional event for Australia. You know, we think this has got legs to certainly rival Park's Elvis Festival. You and think it certainly has legs? She's got, she's got beautiful legs and a wonderful pair of heels. It's, it's a perfect time to showcase uh, to the country and to the rest of the world You know a really fabulous weekend that we can have out here. Also letting the world know that the city has really embraced its sort of accidental drag history. The program runs for the three days and really tries to incorporate what um, I guess I felt would be what people ideally want to do if they come for a weekend out out, in, uh, out to Broken Hill, so tick off sort of their bucket list that they get to go and see drag shows at, you know, the, the, the Priscilla pub, as people will call it. Mm. They go out to Silverton and see, you know, those wonderful wide-open plains. They certainly get to meet locals, you know, they get to have a laugh and see a bit of real real life and real people. And then, you know, take in the wonderful space that we've got, you know, dance under the stars and, and kick up the heels.
0: Some pretty big names as well. I was just before we chatted having a look at some of the names you've got. Vonnie, for example, um, an absolute legend. Yep. And also from Adelaide, South Australia, a place you may be well familiar with.
2: Really, where, you know, our name card is, is really quite amazing. So, of course, you've got Vonnie, who's been in, in the scene for such a long time, one of the original lay girls or yeah. uh, from the lay girl show.
0: The girls at the time, that was groundbreaking.
2: That's right. And I mean, they, you know, I guess that was probably Australia's first taste it's because, you know, they would tour all around the country and then certainly, you know, toured through Broken Hill. Mm. One of the other big name acts that we have this year is Trevor Ashley, so I guess as a, a singing performer, held one of the main roles in the Priscilla musical for the Australian shows, you know, so, and certainly has a wealth of experience uh, behind him. Uh, we've got um, some... Sylvia
0: by the cast members in it? From the bar scene will also be coming Oh, shell Cheryl. Cheryl, thank Cheryl. you. Not Sylve.
2: Every year we try and have someone who was in the film. seen Shell in the movie, she's nothing like that in real life and she's, you know, a, I guess a true thespian and, and a really colourful character of our city and to hear some of her stories about sort of her experience during the filming and, you know, the fact that she never told her family anything about that she was in this film but she didn't really quite know, you know, what people were people going to think or even really necessarily what it was about, you know, there's some really wonderful, candid moments that we've heard from Shell over the years with us, you know, including pulling out her famous white singlet that she wears in her scene. We have a couple of wonderful uh, drag queens out of Melbourne uh, by the name of Filmer Box and Art Salone. Uh, they've been with us for the last three years as the festival hosts. They have a, a big wealth of entertainment under their belt and certainly people will be seeing them at the moment on TV with this Broken Hill Amy insurance ad commercial, which is has been sort of running throughout the year and continue to do so. I guess they bring that area of drag where it's um, very comical. Their costumes are amazing you know you know you might see them come out in washing machine boxes or you know can certainly have got a, a fantastic Priscilla tribute show that they bring very excited to announce very soon a couple of international Stars. We've got Cindy Pastel coming out of Sydney. She is, uh, I guess, one of the drag characters who, who Priscilla is loosely based on, the movie, so, you know, has been performing for a very long time. Again, brings an, another very sort of art edge to her drag performances. We've got DJ Kitty Glitter, uh, who's a lo- local um, or Sydney-based uh, mm. DJ, um, but who tours um, uh, internationally quite a bit, so there'll be um, lots of, you know, great music for people to dance to. So we've really tried to make quite a big mix to appeal to not only certainly people who love drag know that we've got some true icons of drag here, but also those people who really just want to come and have a fun weekend to know that they've got some quality entertainment. You know, there will be drag shows, there'll be people singing, and of course we've got um, BAB who are... Newcastle's kookiest a cover band, where oh. the girls dress as the boys and the boys dress as the girls, uh, and you know certainly have a do a great performance for us.
0: Yes, so, what's your appeal to drag as being festival director here? Of there must be some appeal to the art form.
2: Oh, certainly. I guess I come from a background of events and performance. I was in a like a touring band for sort of good ten years. We were psychedelic rock and roll and. You'd probably think it probably hasn't got much to do with drag, but drag is this, for me, it's this perfect opportunity for people to don the most outrageous outfits, whether themed or, you know, they they just do amazing things with their outfits and sort of come out and often will mime to probably some great songs that you know and that you love. It's sort of like having all your girlfriends over for a sleepover and you stay up late and play around singing songs just, just that very there's a very humorous I think a very humorous sort of element to it all you just sort of never know quite what's going to happen and, and it's you know the, the way they remix the songs and things these days there's sort of great I guess feedback on society or you know sort of little pokes and jabs mm-hmm. but it, you know it's all on on the stage which is you know a wonderful sort of interaction between audience and, and stage
0: you mentioned the psychedelic rock band let's find a little bit more about your good self and what's been some of those good experiences good experiences that you've had on stage over the years
2: for me i think the stage is a bit of a sacred space the the energy that you share with an audience and mm-hmm. particularly when um we're talking about music we always our endeavor when we with a band that i was in was always about taking people on a musical journey with you and sort of classic you would, you would start slow and sort of end in, in, in a big crescendo sort of the performances that we were involved in and that energetic exchange having all those faces look up at you mm-hmm. and you, you sort of there's a really open energy and a really quite amazing you know for all people that go to massive festivals or dance parties there's, there is an amazing exchange of people joining together you know responding to music at the same time and um, really going on a journey together that's quite magical.
0: Outside of drag where do you find that energy connection these days?
2: Luckily, in the big open sky that I can see out here in Broken Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that's another sort of very nice Is uh, that because a connecting you're a dreamer? Point. Oh, possibly. I certainly, um, I'm a fe- I am think I'm a feeler. So, um, yeah, like energetically, if you take the time to slow down and um, sort of feel what's going on around you, I guess that's sort of where it is for me at the moment.
0: The strength of this town, that sky you mentioned, the landscape the pub, the abode that we're in right now, the accommodation, the, the, the living cell that it is really. What's your thoughts on locale and how Broken Hill can be used within film?
2: The landscape out here, I mean, I had a, I've had got a photo shoot crew, people here looking at the moment to do a photo shoot here and and it's for them it's all about the light. You mm. know, Broken Hill's light, It's what, that's what attracted all the landscape painters out here. There really is... A, amazing amount of light out here and the way that the colors you know in the landscape and um, responds you know is really quite magical. The big spaces that you can get with the open skies, the sort of very industrial landscapes that we 've got which are you know really quite monumental but accessible and then you can go to sort of other various landscapes you know whether you want sort of hills or or sort of plains not not no rainforests or anything like that certainly and then the other thing is the architecture of the city, which is I think is sort of quite dynamic and very beautiful, the houses and a lot of the buildings here. Knowing that, I guess Broken Hill was touted as becoming one of the next biggest cities of Australia when they were here, so there was a lot of investment, a lot of building here of, of things that people were thinking going to last. You know, it was going to be thinking it was going to be a capital city or or mm. what have you. So, I think there's that great sort of attraction, and it's easy. You know, they're not driving for four hours to get to locations or spent and spending. Three quarters of that in traffic. It's quite mm. easy for film crews, you know, good places to stay. They can walk between establishments, you know, to go home and go and eat and and all those sort of things, or get good rest, which is really important, I mm. guess, for anyone working on films. We always get great feedback from you know a lot of the film crews that are here because there's sort of little gems like like the palace here where they get to meet other people, have good food, you know, they're not losing out on any sort of city fair in in that manner but it's still then quite easy for them they can get parks and you know
0: for those that haven't been inside what what is there to offer as we walk through the front door let's say of the accommodation opening area what are we met with what what are we seeing what are we feeling
2: that's probably your, your biggest sort of impact area. As you come through those doors you see the beginning of i guess the landscape murals that adorn the building so you come into the foyer area and the ceiling space goes up to the th- to the top floor, to the third level. So big area to look up into and then you see the bottom of all of the staircases. It becomes sort of quite like a bit of an Escher drawing, I think, mm-hmm. the way the staircases go round and round with all the big, um, beautiful timber balustrades. But you're met with all of the murals all through those areas. So looking up all through the three floors, you can see sort of mural upon mural, all various sort of landscapes, flowing waterfalls and rivers. You know, there's the bright sort of psychedelic carpet on the floor, sort of rich timber work on the walls as well. So there's over 500 square metres of murals all throughout the building. So then you've got your doors into, into the sort of bar areas. They've got the lovely Art Deco sort of prints on them, you know, to the cocktail bar. Right.
0: Dead animals?
2: Their, their office is full of uh, stuffed animals. I think it was a bit of a thing that Mario liked to do himself. Um, so lots of eagles sort of perched and with their wings are spread in there. There's massive uh, crabs have come from deep sea somewhere and a lot of artefacts he collected from the islands uh, in his travels. Lots of sort of renaissance Paintings, and certainly at the very top of the ceiling, when you come in that foyer, there's Botticelli's Birth of Venus. So, you know, so many people coming go, oh, it's like the Uffizi Gallery. You know, there's art everywhere, and, and there's uh, there's Venus up top.
0: Did you get a chance to speak with him about?
2: Unfortunately, Mario had passed away when we purchased the building. I do remember Mario from my youth. So he was an Italian fellow, and I guess friends, good friends with my nonna.
0: Been in town all your life.
2: I was born here, and I grew up here. I left when I was eighteen and sort of came back sort of 20 years later or something what
0: was the draw card family reasons or? to come back
2: yeah. purely was i brought into the building right. it was a bit of an accidental purchase sort of thing, accidental buy-in, I guess, a commitment. My sister originally had, was living in town and had seen that the building was up for sale and had started looking at it uh, and then contacted me asking whether I wanted to sort of be a part of it initially because they really needed a live-in, live-in manager and then it sort of all has begun from there.
0: Do you call that chance?
2: I certainly call it chance, yeah. yeah.
0: The Silly Goat, which is um, a cafe that you have in town. Yep. Yeah. Emily went away and has now come back.
2: That's right. It's, I think it's one of those things that often happen to people in hometowns. Mm. And I, I think this city is still thriving, so it's not as if... Although the population has declined a bit, I think it's sort of stabilised and certainly... It's not as if um, there aren't new people here. There's a constant flux of new people that come in and who really appreciate, you know, whether they stay here for sort of five to six or ten years. Certainly with the health uh, health workers, a lot of health workers and teachers Mm. that come through town, those sort of things. And because property is still really quite affordable out here as well.
0: But when you left when you were 18, you weren't thinking about being anything like a publican or a hotel owner, were you? Not at all. Oh, no. What was the dream?
2: I've never been a great, <laughs> great planner. I'm a, bit, uh, I'm a bit, I like to sort of flip where the wind takes me, actually. So, yeah, it's just always been through opportunity. And I did like um, sort of tourism, which I guess certainly this, you know, certainly now there's a, hmm. this is a big part of tourism. I did find that quite interesting. And, and you've been
0: driving that as well. You've made some, it seems, some very clear decisions that it will be a tourism thing.
2: Throughout. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the hotel is up for sale. hmm Whoever buys it, it's up to them what they do with it next.
2: Yeah. How
0: are you feeling about that?
2: Uh, I can't imagine a good operator who is not going to see the values of this building, like in 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 the elements that have still remain un, unchanged. Because that's are, the
0: capital, isn't it?
2: It is. Oh, absolutely. You know, like the the murals, you'll never they'll never happen again. You know. You, I think there's something really wonderful about waking up in a place and you're not in an Ibis and you can't remember what city you're in because they're all the same. It's like, remember that hotel we stayed in, you know, that still had the TVs with the dials or... And they're the memorable things that people take with them with their stay. And and so I, I just have a belief that anyone... Any good operator is going to appreciate all the right things about this building. So the
0: dream would be that it needs to go to an operator who will continue it on from there?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not its not going to be a sort of a willy-nilly purchase for somebody. No. It's going to, you know, require capital investment and it's certainly their time. And hopefully, you know, they've seen, I guess... I would like to think that they would have seen what we've done with the building so far, mm-hmm. and to see the success that has been, and and just hope that they would just like to continue, I guess, along that path. Mm-hmm. The festival itself will, um, will, I will run separately to the to the hotel. Has always been run in that manner. Yeah. Um, again, I can't imagine. A good operator who's not going to want to be a part of the festival of course um certainly a lot of the festival happens in the street adjacent to the building i don't think the appeal is just the building the festival you know appeal is making that journey out back Mm. and and the wonderful adventures you have along the road and and the memory of things good things that happen while you're out here
0: We were talking about memories before. I mentioned about the stage. I want to talk about now memories of the hotel whilst we're in this space of reflection. Mm -hmm. What is that memory of the hotel that's sticking with you?
2: There have been many. You know, just to see sometimes a bar full of people, you know, when you've first packed out your bar or, you know, I don't remember the exact sort of night but certainly when you look out and think wow this is this is a lot of fun or you know we had um, Channel 10 come and film here once you know watching all the film crews and productions and you know having people pop up the bar Alex Dimitriades or you know David Wenham you know regulars mm. here for a couple of weeks when they're in town it's really there's there's lots there's lots and lots of fun memories and you know amazing guests that I've met and uh, people all, you know who just happen to be at the building at the same time I remember once I think I had about 12 countries that people were from, you know, who were staying in the building just on a random a random night in July sometimes. So I think more and more as I talk about it, more and more memories will, will come out. We'd mm-hmm. always said we'd wish that we'd written a book. Still can? Yeah, I guess so. I, I remember the first time the building was completely booked out. We had uh, 120 Danish architecture students come and stay with us for sort of nearly two weeks, and they did a land art project out here. And when I first got the call, you know, from a lady in an accent saying she was calling from Denmark and wanted to make this booking, I was sort of thinking, what's going on? Is this, is this real? How I'm like, not quite sure. And, you know, to see them all arrive and sunning themselves out on the balcony in their bikinis and sort of locals thinking, oh, the palace is open again and what's, what are all, these? Where are all those blondes and look at all those people up there. It was really, uh, it was quite funny.
0: The film itself, how many times have you seen it?
2: Sort of from end to end, hmm. as in sit down and watch it, probably yeah. only four or five times maybe.
0: The following morning, is it weird walking around the hotel?
2: Um, I love it. I love watching it and noticing where they are in the building again that I hadn't noticed. Or it's like, oh, look, you've still got those salt and pepper shakers. Or, you know, look at those tablecloths. We've got those, you know, they're, they're folded up in there. And so that's great.
0: What have you learnt from being an owner Of an establishment like this?
2: Hospitality is a really hard game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think until you're probably in the throes of it, it's can sort of seem a little bit idealistic I think with got food and beverage sort of component of it is certainly you know you've really got to be on the ball and um, it's really important to make sure that you've got a well-motivated team uh, working with you and you can't sort of value enough work having how good your team is that is around you uh, and certainly you will go through every up and down along along with them sort of for what's going on in their life at the time I don't think I was really quite ready for that you know it is
0: like being you are but it's it's like being a mother
2: oh yeah but you know when you've got and you've got 25 or 30 kids yeah Yeah. (laughs) and also
0: what about the we keep on hearing about the long hours Yep. that's obviously the case how do you deal with the long hours
2: because I have often worked for myself anyway, there's never been a real structured, you know, where you work nine to five and, and mm. I've never got used to that sort of swing anyway, uh, which is lucky. I've noticed I'm sort of living back in the building again at the moment. I haven't been here the whole time because there are days when you, can, you don't leave the building you know at all sort of you wake up and you're at work and you go to bed and you're at work and sort of yeah sort of all just Mm. blends in blends into one so i'd make sure that i'd leave the basically leave the building sometimes it might be a walk out the back door and you know around through to the front door uh sort of thing but i'm really um relishing spending time here at the moment with my three-year-old son and watching his sort of interaction with the place that's sort of been quite good and i and i think as the business has grown more and more i guess the immediate dependency on me it has also, you know, decreased. Certainly I'm around mm-hmm. for when things happen and people aren't quite sure what to do about it. Now I guess, you know, there are a lot more people around to sort of take care of things. I'm
0: going to jump to you 15 years into the future. Do you have some grounding that these kind of places will still exist in 15 years, that there will still be a, a, a sense that there can be community around a building?
2: Um, I think communities really need it. It's unfortunate, um, like I don't, for the idea that people need to, the reason that they need to come to a pub is to drink, Mm. I think that's really changing. Mm. You know, the social aspect of it and, you know, being a regular at a hotel or even a restaurant, I think there's something good for society because I think more and more we're losing our avenues to be able to connect to people Mm. and certainly to connect to people that we haven't met yet. So bumping into the random stranger at the bar, having dinner with someone you didn't know about, sharing a story, that's really important. You know, you can do it on social media and, you know, there's always going to... You know, that's going to be probably a growing sort of aspect, but I really think certainly, and particularly certain types of people, they miss social interaction, being able to just have a random conversation, hear an opinion, watch other people, sort of just feel the presence of other people. I I think it's really important.
0: In 15 years' time, you can see that may not be there.
2: Yeah, but I, I would, I'd hope that it is, because I, I don't think the human desire to connect is going to go away. Connecting with someone in the same space as you, I think there's something raw and honest about it, and I think it's good for people.
0: Esther, thanks for your time.
1: Cheers. Esther La Rivere,
2: Managing Director of the
1: Palace Hotel in Broken Hill. Chat recorded in 2017. The Palace Hotel Broken Hill... OneWord.com.au is where the hotel is online. As for details of the Broken Heel Festival, that in 2019 is September 13th to 15th, head to bhfestival.com.
0: First of a suite of chats recorded in Broken Hill. Next episode.
1: What is on the other side? Do I actually want to be on the other side? Am I better where I am now? If I open the door, will I see all my nightmares free in the broad daylight? If there's a door that's close to me, I'll find a way to open it or a way around it, and whatever is behind that door, I am accumulating the tools to be able to deal with.
0: Lisa Salvo of On Diamond.
1: Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Merch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.